Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And welcome to the stupidest podcast we've ever recorded. Oh my god. So let's have some explanation. Let's have let's have a little bit of a story time. Yeah. Yesterday, I was talking to Alex, and I'm like, hey, when do you want to record tomorrow? I have to go to work at 3, so it, so as long as we start recording by noon, I'm we can do any time. I'm cool with that. And Alex hits me with, do you want to record at 5.30 in the morning? <laughs> and I said, absolutely not, you monster. And we negotiated to we renegotiated to six thirty in the morning. Now let's be clear: Alex had no reason to record this early in the morning. I have nothing going on today. (laughs) He's just like, let's let's do something buck wild. So two weeks ago, when we hit you with that solid morning voices idea, that's this. It's yeah, this. good morning. How these are the morning s- voices. <laughs> How we sound right now, that these are our morning voices. Um uh I I set my timer. My alarm was I woke up at 6:15 and it's currently 6:34. Um it's uh <laughs> Alex and I spoke I think maybe half a dozen words so we could record, you know, before we started recording. Um but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the energy that you can expect today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, the yelling bits are gonna be down today. <laughs> yes. I think the uh, the high energy, high octane, fast and furious energy is gonna be down today. We're gonna get a uh, probably some deep and slow improvs. Yeah, I think I think just the rate at which we talk <laughs> is gonna be slower. <laughs> this might be a long podcast. Purely because, like, our brains are figuring out how to do this. So, if you want a podcast to kind of slow yourself down, that's this one. If you were like, man, I've had a really chaotic day, and I really just need to... Hey, welcome. Hey, welcome. Welcome. Happy to have you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I I feel like uh, this episode is going to be at its least useful. Like, if somebody's been up for a little while and it's like midnight and they're like, you know what? I'm just going to play a few more matches of Call of Duty before I go to bed. Let me put on a podcast. And it's this one. And we're just like, all right, let's bring the, the slowest energy we can. Yeah, man. <laughs> I just know I'm like, my brain... It's not firing like it's supposed to, which is wild because I get up this early every day for work. Yeah. So I would be leaving the house right now, which yeah. shows you the kind of <laughs> performance I bring first thing in the morning wherever I go. And I think about this frequently. I have not gotten up this early for school. I, I did have an 8 a.m. that I had to do um my second year of college, but that was pretty much it. Um, There used to be a time where I woke up again this early every day for school, but that time is long since gone. Yeah, man. It's a bit of a vibe, though, because we know we're going to be, we're going to have the entire day. Yeah. Like you have to work, but now you have so much time before you have to go to work. So much time to go back to bed. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna waste this. Um, when did I, I just I, looked at the clock? We have yeah. not been talking for that long, but I feel like we've been talking for 20 minutes. <laughs> Um, when I first had to get up for school of my own accord for elementary school, my mom would always wake me up for school, but in Uh middle school, oh my God, (laughs) we're going to be organic. I'm not hiding that stuff. In middle school, I had to start waking up on my own. And so what I would do is to to compensate for the fact that I had never woken up on my own before, I, we had to leave at like 7.15. So I would wake up at like 5.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um and I would eat my cereal in the kitchen and watch what was on TV. Do you know what was on TV at 5.30 in the morning? Married with children. So... <laughs> I went through like a six month period where I would eat Cinnamon Toast Crunch and watch Married with Children every morning. And here's the thing. I don't think I like that show very much. But it was but it was on and I was the thing with watching like syndicated TV is you're watching it out of order. Yeah. And that would 
be so hard for me. I, I feel well. That's kind of the point of syndicated TV. Um, I'm almost kind. I almost kind of wish we could go back to that in a way it, somehow where I could just turn on the TV and watch like whatever they want me to watch right now. Because the syndicated episodes were always the episodes that like the the duds never made it through syndication. Right. Like you know, uh, yeah, the duds were just like, oh, this one didn't get numbers. We don't have to show that one again. <laughs> I think the tricky thing for me is like, I'm, I mean, especially with like shows where I didn't, I never memorized any schedule until I was like 14 or 15. And that was when I wanted to watch NCIS and NCIS Los Angeles. But before that, I used to just like watch the same shows over and over again because I didn't, I never had a new story. So I'm never watching like the same seven episodes of Drake and Josh, bro. Oh, definitely. Like yeah. on repeat. Same thing with iCarly. Same thing with like That's So Raven and I... uh, Phil of the Future. It's just I... like the same episodes over and over again. I think one of the first things that I memorized a schedule for was learning when Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network would switch to Nick at Night and Adult yeah. Swim, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, because I'm like, oh, the Craig shows are no longer on. I'll switch to something else. Right. But then eventually, I watched a few episodes of George Lopez at a friend's house, and I'm like... Hey, mom, am I old enough to watch George Lopez yet? And she's like, sure, why not? So what I did was I set our Xfinity recording to record. There was a one hour block of George Lopez as soon as Nickelodeon turned Nick at night. So I set a recording for every two episodes of George Lopez. Oh my gosh. And it got to the point where my mom was like, listen, I said you could watch it. I didn't want it to be your new favorite show. And I'm like 12 years old watching George Lopez make sex jokes, you know, at 9 p.m. <laughs> Dude, George Lopez is a legend. And I stand behind him. Yeah. Oh, right. definitely. For sure. I freaking love the guy. Do you want to talk about your movies? Yeah. So uh, for my third pick in uh, Craig's Movie Choice Month, uh, I delved back into the childhood movies. I have not watched either of these movies in years, but I'm like, let's see if the movies that I loved as a kid hold up. Uh, so we are watching the 2006, St- 2006 Steve Martin Pink Panther, as well as 1986's Short Circuit. Obvi. All spoilers. If you want to skip ahead to the sleepy improv segment, you can do that right here. Time code 31 minutes, 28 seconds. Uh, which one do you want to talk about first? Let's do them in the order I watched them so we can start off with Pink Panther. Okay. So, uh, Pink Panther 2006 adaptation of, you know, a series of the same name. It was originally like a cartoon, um, I think. It follows Inspector Jacques Clouseau, an idiot who has to, uh, who's solving a murder and trying to track down uh the pink panther diamond and jacques Cousseau was brought onto the case so that way the chief inspector could solve the case and get all the, and get all the credit while jacques Clouseau was f- having the media follow him making a big deal and getting it all wrong okay i'm not gonna lie to you i didn't understand that plot point at all <laughs> it's kind of stupid sense. So now like, we're gonna hire this guy who's going to do a bad job so i can come in and do a good job yeah like, what why don't you, you just do him. a good job yeah just do a good job also everyone knows you hired the guy you picked him is that really going to work now this movie was like my dad and i's go-to movie my dad and i when i was a kid we could turn this movie on and laugh like literally whenever um i remember i have a very distinct memory of watching this movie before my dad woke up one day Uh And it was the very final scene where Kevin Klein's tie is caught in the car and he gets dragged along the road. My dad woke up, sat down, watched that scene. He had, again, been awake for five or six minutes and just started laughing like the entire time. Like that's the kind of grip that this movie had on my family. Watching it back at 23 years old, however... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> does not carry the same weight <laughs> i will say though bro it's not bad it's not bad this movie definitely had some good laughs like all the dialogue garbage bad not funny yeah. but w- whenever there was like physical comedy that was sold 100 like, percent. dude the fact that like the both times someone was getting dragged by the car he was like did you hear something like ah. <laughs> yeah. uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll be like, did you hear? Wait, you didn't say, oh my God, please stop. Please stop. Please, Lord. <laughs> and I'm like, freaking good, bro. And then the funniest part in the entire movie, and this has held the test of time because I haven't seen this since like 2007, is the Beyonce dancer scene. Oh, for, I that one was a little bit too much uh, secondhand embarrassment for me. <laughs> I loved but, it. I but, loved it. <laughs> I do love the camouflage. I think that that's I think that that's funny. My favorite bit, because again it happens twice, is the uh, the globe, the 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 road oh, where globe it falls, and those bikers just get tormented. <laughs> this movie has a thing against bikers, and <laughs> and it's funny. It's funny every time. I remember the trailer for this because it came out every. The trailer was everywhere. So the whole Ambaga scene is freaking famous, bro. Yeah. And it's a long scene. It's a long scene. So it's a scene where um, uh, Jacques Clouseau wants to go to America because he wants to follow Beyonce. Whatever. Who cares? Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so he's like, in order to blend in, I will need an American accent. So I will not. um, So I won't get picked out from a crowd. So he goes to an accent coach and she spends. I would say a whole four or five minutes trying to get Jacques Clouseau to say the phrase, I would like to buy a hamburger. And I let me tell you the the number of ways that Steve Martin can absolutely destroy the word hamburger. It's impressive. And you know a lot of that was improv too. For like sure, definitely. And I didn't find that scene very funny until like that moment of tension right before they cut away where they just start screaming at each other right. and uh, and eventually steve martin just goes like i'm and then it cuts and i'm like all right, right. <laughs> and then it comes back again when uh he's uh in the airport the tsa yeah arguing with the tsa <laughs> and i get that guy's pain so much <laughs> just the balls because he's saying i mean he has two hamburgers in his pockets and he's like what are in your pocket he's pointing a gun at him yeah like, what is in your pockets and he goes an umbrella he's like a what the the i'm asking you to repeat what you're saying yeah so many times dude i would have stopped at like two or three <laughs> and this guy does it i don't even know how many couple for like dozen. two minutes it and is like, yeah that that would have never been me. I'd have been like, ah, we should just shoot him. <laughs> um, another bit that I think is good is um the only fight scene in the movie is when um they're in a when they're in America and they're going to see a diamond cutter because that's where Beyonce is. Mm-hmm. And um, there there's a group of thugs that walk out of an elevator and they fight the thugs and they get up to the diamond cutter and they're like, oh, I don't have any thugs. And they realize, oh, we just beat up some dudes. <laughs> Who in the elevator? <laughs> like, we owe those guys an apology. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. Let's move. Um... Then there was the whole, was it Gas Bandits? Yep, the Gas Mask Bandits. In, in the casino. And yeah. James Bond makes an appearance. I'm, I'm going to be real with you. I This is the viewing where I understood that that was a James Bond spoof. Like a hard one and it lasted a while. Yeah. <laughs> he even says the line like, oh, I'm Nigel Bradsbury, 006. And Jacques Clouseau goes, oh, one away from the big one. As a kid, right over my head. Didn't. Whoop. Yeah. I feel like I missed a lot of the jokes. Like the scene where she's uh, the assistant is fixing the picture. He's yeah. like, I'll help you down. And, and and he has her and he has his face just straight up in, in her cooch. Yeah, I know. And the guy comes in and he's like, oh, in my head, I'm like, oh, he's leaving because this is weird. I'm like, that's not why he's leaving. And um, that is not the case. And the scene where he's giving her the Heimlich, but from the back, it just looks like he's going to freaking town. (laughs) Yeah, all these scenes, I'm just like. Uh, this is funny because it's weird. And that is not the case, little that, Alex. That scene also had, I think, my least favorite moment just to watch. 
which is the scene where he he gets his finger slammed in the door. Mm-hmm. I mm, hangs mm, there. I hate that because it shows his finger from the other side of the door. That shows his finger, the part that's being squished, and I'm like, ah, no, 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 thank you. Um, dude, Jason Statham's in this movie. Jason Statham dies in this movie, <laughs> and his girlfriend is Beyonce Knowles before she was a Carter. Yeah, yeah. And guess what, bro? She's a dime piece. She is. She is very beautiful in this movie. It um, is ridiculous. And now I'm thinking like, oh, this is back when Beyonce did movies. Now sh- that would not happen. <laughs> no, it would not. She's um, royalty. Uh, I don't want to say she was like, listen, her character was not exactly deep. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. But and but she also didn't do a bad job, you know, um, for all I've, I've always and- been upset, though, that Steve Martin's uh, Clouseau ended up with the assistant and not her. Well, Alex, you want to talk about movies that were formative towards my type when I was a kid? In Walks Pink Panther 2006. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, because let me tell you, that scene where Nicole uh, is at the party, and I'm like, I'm used to you being an assistant, but now you're hot. I'm like, this is... Takes off her glasses and she can't see. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, that, that was formative for Craig. (laughs) See, what's interesting is you and I picked two completely different women in this movie. And uh, if you know us or know know us enough through the podcast, you'll be like, yep, that tracks. That makes sense. Um, But like I said, this movie is also bad at parts. (laughs) Because Steve Martin's accent gets old fast. No, I loved it the entire time. I loved it the entire time. Like, it's not even a parody of a French accent at certain points. It's like, Steve Martin, sound like a French baby. Um, I I also, this is the first Steve Martin movie I've watched in who knows how long. Okay. I forgot he was in movies. Yeah, he's in a lot of movies, Alex. He's been out for so long that I just straight up forgot. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like all the dialogue I didn't find very interesting. The stakes were super low. Kevin Klein as an antagonist is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, uh, did, what did you think of the mystery? Like, did you put much weight into the mystery? No. I think, like before, like the story didn't make sense. And by the way, you weren't supposed to track it because apparently this guy speaks Chinese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you're not supposed to follow it. Um, the same thing happens in the second movie. Uh, l- like I said, we this movie had a visceral grip on my family. So, of course, we saw the second one in theaters. The second one, he's like a, a, a parking attendant. He's a, he's a traffic cop. Mm-hmm. And so he solves the mystery by, like, connecting license plates. And that was way too complicated for, like, nine-year-old Craig. <laughs> right. And the good thing about this is, of course, they break it down at the end, yeah. like how I solved it. And it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, we haven't talked about Pontan yet. He's a, his Dude, assistant. I, I or his partner. Rem- when he got assigned, you're not supposed to trust him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like the insider. And then towards the end, I'm like, yeah, this guy's kind of cool. Yeah. This guy had like absolutely no loyalty to Kevin Klein whatsoever. It took like one instance of Steve Martin being like, hey, can we go back to solving the crime? And Ponton was like, absolutely. Yep. You got it. <laughs> um, What did you think about their like tests for Ponton? Like it, the surprise it, attacks. It's stuff. the only thing I remember about his character <laughs> is I remember him fighting the bad guys and also always having uh, always passing those surprise tests. Yeah, man. I remember too much about this movie for not having seen it in like 15 years. Yeah. Um, The scene where Clouseau gets his hand stuck in a vase. <laughs> yeah. And then destroys the table at the end. I'm, yeah. I remembered every bit of that scene. I remember out of that scene, I specifically remember the piranhas eating his elbow and, and just the exchange. How much is this vase worth? Nothing. It's a, like a cheap imitation good smash but that table was priceless yeah uh, classic classic yeah. joke bro. overall 
Um, this comedy held up in parts and it didn't hold up in parts. Um, I'm giving it like a six. I'm giving it a six. Flat six. I'm giving it seven. Whoa. And a quarter. Uh, wow. Impressive. What it. Okay. It was just gonna... funny. It was consistently funny. A lot of, I'm not a huge fan of physical humor, but like it caught me off guard how funny this was. Granted, the plot sucks. Yeah. It's real bad. Um, but I mean, it's got the essentials for a uh, a classic. So I'm, I'm sticking with it, seven and a quarter. All right, now let's move on to Short Circuit, a movie that has aged considerably less well, I would say. <laughs> yeah, you would be correct. So Short Circuit, uh, 1986, Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy's really the only important actress in this movie. Um, it's about a military robot, that gets struck by electricity and becomes alive and runs away from the military group that built him. And Ali Sheedy is this, like, you know, uh, animal lady, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fosters a bunch of animals. Uh, and she basically takes number five is the robot. Um, and she basically takes number five in and is like, hey, I'll take care of you. The military's after you. I'm going to hide you. We'll take, you know, we'll make sure they don't catch you. And it's basically... You know, uh, an hour and 40 minutes of the military trying, failing, trying, succeeding, then failing, then trying and failing to catch number five. Now, I know what you're thinking. Craig, based on that description, what about the movie hasn't aged well? Well, audience, let me tell you. It is uh, (laughs) an unabashed brown face would be the best way to put it. (laughs) Yep, yep. Yeah, the, the there's a supporting character named Ben who is uh, he's a very stereotypical, you know, uh southern Asian man and plays into the stereotypes pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, the accent is it's not only inauthentic, it's also crazy thick. Yeah. No yeah, it's straight up like, you know, a poo from Simpsons level stereotype inauthentic like that's kind of what we're working with here um broken english misinterprets idioms and whatnot so that's kind of I mean, since then the actor has apologized <laughs> yeah for the role. yeah it's like the, if you look him up it's one of the first things yeah and uh he had a conversation with aziz ansari where aziz ansari is like hey man this sucked like front to bottom this was bad and he's like yeah yeah i know um that's how i'm gonna feel about what we're doing right now in like 10 or 15 years someone's like (laughs) you know that character you were doing he sucks (laughs) (laughs) so um and that's kind of why i'm comfortable coming back to this movie is like this is that brown face is bad but like you know the the guy that did it is like listen i take responsibility for this and and it is not my apology to accept um but knowing that there is remorse behind it is like okay let's we can take that along with the rest of the review for this movie now the rest of this movie is boring (laughs) dude that's the hardest part about this movie is separating what's bad from boring. And this movie is mostly boring. <laughs> because <laughs> and so when I say that Short Circuit was one of my childhood movies, Short Circuit 2 was more my childhood movie, but I didn't want us to dive into that. Um uh because Short Circuit 2 is number 5 takes on the big city, which is the most 80s sequel that could ever happen yes. ever. Yeah. Uh, um i want to go back and watch it at some point and uh and if i do i'll update the podcast for sure um but like the difference between short circuit and short circuit 2 is like night and day because short circuit is like uh, uh, it's it's very slow the comedy is in like the everydayness of it all um but short circuit 2 is like hey let's have this robot get picked up by punk motorcyclists and stop a diamond heist (laughs) that sounds sweet bro we should have watched that and let me tell you this movie on imdb has better ratings than pink panther it does and i think it's just a cult classic at this point 
and I get it. I get it. It doesn't hold up. <laughs> Not at all. It feels like a blend of Star Wars meets E.T. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's. It feels like we're watching R2-D2 get and have the personality of E.T. act like E.T. And the characters he's interacting with aren't interesting in the slightest. You can might make an argument for Newton Crosby being an interesting character, but barely. Barely. I just didn't care ever about what was happening on screen yeah the best part about this movie is the practical effects and the puppeteering like it like if you look at it from an 80s filmmaking aspect like you can appreciate like oh they made a robot for this yeah it was an actual robot because that was the first thing i looked for i'm like all right let's see where they cut corners no they had a 15 million dollar budget and they spent 1 million on the robot yeah, so it's like, I, I, I give props to the movie in the sense that, like, it knew what it wanted to do, and it took the time to carefully do that. It's just a shame that they carefully made a boring movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, I can't even, I don't know like how long I could talk about this movie for, to be honest with you. And I this will is, say... And this is why we double-stacked this episode, because I wanted to talk about both of these movies, but uh, in my memory banks, I'm like, can we talk about Short Circuit for that long? I don't think we can. <laughs> Um, what do you think of, I mean, <laughs> Alex desperately trying to remember a single scene the, the from Short Circuit. The only scene that's coming to mind is a the movie one, he watched 12 hours ago. The <laughs> scene where the, he's fighting the guy with the laser and he's getting oh, shot at. Yeah. Yeah. Like this movie does have a few action scenes in it, but like they're weird like johnny his name at the movie he dubs himself johnny and that's kind of how i remember him johnny five um he gets shot at a lot in this movie and like he takes it in stride for the most part <laughs> yeah i thought like this would be one of those like iron giant situations no call back not- to an early episode early where um, he just freaking snaps and kills people <laughs> no he's just like why is this happening yeah dude gets overwhelmed very quickly right as soon as he is talking as soon as he is talking to more than two people number five is like all right we got i gotta go this is like, input from- input 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 it's just dude i i also hate how like this movie made like computers a fantasy yes mm-hmm. yeah it's well, like that, who's that was using a- these anymore that was a theme of 80s sci-fi was like, let's take basic computers and ramp it up to 11. Right. Let- and then everyone who doesn't, and there's going to be a, the whole section of the cast that just doesn't know what's happening. And we're going to give them a lot of lines being like, what are you going on? Why can't you just turn it off? And then, and then you have to have the normal people be like, that's not how this works. Yeah, for sure. Um, God, yeah, this movie's just boring. There were, like, a few good moments. A lot of it is just, like, naivete. If you like humor that is based in naivete, then that's this. That's this movie. Um, it's, it's number five, learning humanity and doing all of the things that you would expect you know a child to do. Like, he busts in on, or bursts in would be a more appropriate word on uh ali sheedy taking a bath and he has to learn why that's not okay and uh, and uh, when you misspoke and said blessing i'm like no that'll be fine and then you said the story and i'm like yeah maybe maybe you should have changed and then um ali sheedy has to like turn the tv off for him and they fight over the remote and like that's very childlike not gonna lie i don't remember those scenes <laughs> I don't know if I was just on my phone. Well, I, don't remember I, pro- it, I promise you they happened. It was just like, this is so hard to watch. I'm considering giving a lower score than what I initially intended because I think I would rather watch a bad movie that I hate. Yeah. And feel something than watch this and feel nothing. And um, also, Ali Sheedy takes a lot of property damage in the, for the sake of number five. Right. Like, he breaks yeah. most of her house. <laughs> also, are we not going to talk about the fact that this lady has a farm in her house? Alex, I'm going to talk about it as m- about as much as the movie did, yeah. which is very little. It's like, I love animals. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're establishing this for personality only. We're going to we're going to tell you this so you kind of get a vibe for the character and then we're going to 
brush it away because it's not important. Just kind of like the fact that she has an abusive ex-boyfriend. That's only <laughs> going to come up every now and then. Not really and important. Only when it affects number five. And I, I think I really do like number five's personality. I think that in a better movie, number five is a great character. It's just that he's not in a better movie. He's in short circuit. This that- movie is bad and i wouldn't recommend it to anyone no just jump right to short circuit too also the (laughs) fact that you have to pay for it to watch it makes it even less worth it yeah i did rent it from my library yeah it was uh freaking brutal and the and i finished it for the podcast and i'm never gonna watch it again for the podcast and i'm gonna advocate against it because no one is going to be interested in this this is not for any demographic uh in 2020 November of 2020, uh, it was reported that a Short Circuit remake is being developed, but um, they've tried that like two or three times. So we're going to see if this one actually goes through. I am going to watch it, let's be clear, because Short Circuit 2 was my baby. Um, but this one, this one I'm okay with uh, letting fall to the wayside. Uh, this one I think is a flat five for me. <clears throat> I'm giving it a four. Sure, definitely. Dude, if you look at the fours we have... <laughs> They're all very different degrees of force. Yeah. It's like, hey, do you want to watch a bad movie? Do you want to watch Clockwork Orange bad or Short Circuit bad? Because they're very different. <laughs> very different. Um, Yeah, man. I don't know if I would rather watch this or Scott Pilgrim. I mean, Scott Pilgrim at least tries to be fun. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's bad, bro. This movie was bad and I wouldn't recommend it. So We can just move on. Let's move on. Okay, uh, let's move on to our improv segment. I'm bringing a new one, um, which isn't something I normally do and also something I probably shouldn't have done at 7 in the morning. But this one is called Alphabet Soup. Uh, This is not, uh, I'm not entirely breaking new ground here, but it's going to be an improv scene and we just have to deliver our lines in alphabetical order. Uh, and I Do you think know it would... how hard this is going to be? Yes. So uh, let me ask you a question. Would you rather us each have our own alphabetical order or us share an alphabetical order between the two of us? Let's have our own. Okay. I think 13 lines each is actually kind of short. And what's this one called? Uh, Alphabet Soup. Oh, nice. Okay. Um... So, so I think that we should start at different places in the alphabet. Um, <laughs> sure, man. I'll take so, L. Okay, I'll. St- I'm gonna start at C. <laughs> Why in the world would you start at C and not at A? I don't know. Why'd you start at L? Because it's the middle. What the heck is wrong with you? That you would start at A and I would start... What? Why, Craig? Why? I I don't know why this is... I don't know why this is the hill you're dying on. It doesn't make sense. We don't know that we're only doing 13... Alex, this is an improv scene. Don't... I'm just saying... Do you want, would you feel better if I did A? I'm going to do, I feel like M is close to the middle and you should do A. Or I'll do L and you do Z. <laughs> I'll do A. Okay. I'm starting at M then. Okay. Um, We don't have a scene. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to just start talking. I will say, I think our morning voices are going away. I get a little uh, bit of it, but I think most of it's gone away. Uh, yeah, I'm still riding that morning energy hard, but, uh, the voice itself has gone away. Um, okay. How about, uh, I am a safety inspector and you run like a bottling company or a bottling factory and you're giving me the tour of the factory. Okay. Uh, might I suggest you stay with me? Uh, we got some, I wouldn't say dangerous. I think it's actually pretty safe, but don't go wandering. You might lose a leg or something. After all we've been through, you think I'm just going to walk away from you? No, I, what, what have we been through? I mean, I think, will you come before today, before today? Um, I, did the inspection of your leather tanning facility. I did the inspection of your candy making facility. Um, you've been in a lot of ventures. Are you? So I'm kind of like hesitant, but I'm like, I'm ready. I'm willing to give you a fair shot. Okay. I feel like you're mistaking me for someone else. Come I on, don't. Me? I'm Never. just a guy here. Um, I don't own any of these things. I'm kind of just like a general manager. For a few of them. I mean, listen, dude. Every once in a while we have an accident. 
which is why you're here. So government's like, hey, twice a week is too often for people to be losing limbs. <laughs> but it's a big operation. It's a very small percentage of how many people actually work here. Do you not see the guy currently dangling off the ledge of that railway up there? Peter? See, here's the thing about Peter. This is a joke he does every time you come around. He had an accident about a year ago. His arm got caught in a bottling contraption and it shoved his entire limb inside of a bottle, which I'll say is more of an advocate for the strength of our glass than the danger of our factory. And now he likes to pull this prank where he hangs from the ceiling by his bottled arm. You kind of just got to go with it. He's got a weird sense of humor. Every facility claims to have a Peter. And you know what? (sighs) I'm willing to let this one slide, but if I see a second Peter, I'm going to have to fail you. I'm going to have to fail you. Uh, quite all right, really. Um, <laughs> I I think we're good. Hey, I almost yelled, bro. It's too early. <laughs> First of all, hey, uh, can someone, hey, is anyone, I'm talking in the walkie talkie. You guys can't see it. <laughs> hey, uh, can someone get Peter off the off the ramp he's making us look bad and also can you grab alex and roger and steven to make sure that they're not pulling similar pranks actually can you just lay everyone off today <laughs> um send them home they're not getting paid but we can't afford to fail uh first of all let me do say you have a very clean facility it does smell like rubbing alcohol which makes me believe that you cleaned this right before i got here um but like hey i mean if it works it works well rotten flesh used to be part of our cola recipe um when we were bottling um but as you might imagine a couple people are allergic to it or or something like that i don't really know i'm not a doctor all i know <laughs> Is that since then, we've had to clean up our facility. And I also realized that much like there's a rat ratio to how much that can be in your food, apparently there's a blood ratio. And we didn't know about that. So, I mean, I think on your last inspection, you failed us for having, like, blood in our mops and blood in our sinks. So... We're trying a little bit harder, but as you might imagine, cleaning up a crime scene is not easy. Glad to hear that you've uh, pulled it in since then. I would, I would not, I would feel a little bad failing you three times in a row. But if if you're getting your act together, uh, you know, less blood, fewer guys pulling decapitated bottle pranks. Um, these are these are things that mark an improving factory, and and so, I'm proud of you. I have to know is an improved factory a passing factory because we're about to go home on holiday and i think we're going to be called in on the weekend if we don't pass this hell no oh no 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 you are definitely not passing no 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 um because the windows are still broken the well that's okay uh technically not broken cracked i also have to point out that the assembly line tracks are moldy. They're made out of metal, yet they're somehow molded. Um, um, that's we impressive. replaced the metal. Well, I mean, we didn't replace it. We just coated it in uh, baking grease because we ran out of grease. <laughs> so a couple guys brought in their stuff from home. Just that's also want to point out that nobody is wearing safety equipment. That guy's wearing a life jacket, which I don't fully understand. Um, um, very safe. Safer than what you would think. Um, I think I think there's a misconception about safety. I think if it protects you in one area, it probably protects you in another. Like life jackets, surprisingly bulletproof. Can Killing me here. All right. Wait, hold on. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to let that slide. Um, <laughs> so after after looking at all the things that I have let slide and um, all the, the remainder of things, this is still not a good... Hold on. I haven't tried the product yet. Okay, let me... Can you give me some product? Um, Wait, wait. Before we go try product, I would like to say we've had a couple off days. So before you try this, uh, I do have to know, are you allergic to gluten? Last time I checked, no. Are you allergic to peanuts? Most of the time, not. Are you allergic to cat dander? No. And are you allergic to shellfish? On my life. Or latex? Probably not. (laughs) Um. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a second. Did you lose your place in the alphabet? Words that start (laughs) with X. Um, 
quite probably not. You seem unsure. I think this product might be a little too dangerous for you to try. Um, the reason I ask is because a person didn't fall in, um, but they were cosplaying with their cat and their cat got lost in the machine. Uh, it was covered in latex and I'm pretty sure cats also, um, I think, I think they're gluten. Cats are gluten, right? Ready to give me the matter. product. Yeah, you, um, golly, out of the alphabet. Okay, uh, here's our product, uh, the zebra bottle. <laughs> shotgun! Can we just end the scene? <laughs> when you said shotgun, it was so dangerously close to cox gun. Cox gun. I'm like, why are we doing this? Are we still going? I thought we should have ended like 10 minutes ago. It seems yeah. so long. <laughs> when we got to the point where you just stopped caring about the alphabet, I'm like, we should wrap it up. I started putting the alphabet in like the third letter yeah the third word because i mean that's what happens when you get x y and z back to back bro <laughs> okay that was alphabet soup it's too early for this alex what do you have for our middle segment um our middle segment is a new one and our middle segment is called what is the meaning of this and i have prepared about 15 existential questions that you probably shouldn't answer in the morning I have warm-ups, a fast round, and brain breakers. So the okay. warm-ups are, the, I wouldn't say funny, but they're lighthearted. Fast round, I need quick answers. First thing that comes to your mind. And the brain breakers are an attempt to make us feel something. Sure. So, for the warm-ups, do animals have souls? Yeah, I think so. Um, they sh- they have emotions and they uh, have person. I, th- I think the two things that would like define a soul are emotions and personality. And, and animals have both of those things. Are there animals that don't? Because I feel like fish <laughs> might not. <laughs> Maybe not. Um... I don't know. I don't I don't know enough about aquatic life to uh give that answer. I'm sure that I'm sure that there are fish that do. Maybe not like goldfish or just any sort of supermarket fish. Dude, how bad must it be that like off fish will have a soul and they'll be swimming around and they'll run into something that doesn't? It's <laughs> freaking terrifying. Um, next question. If you save time, when do you get it back? I think about this frequently um, because there are people that will like meal prep and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, I'm doing it so I can save time later in the week. But you're still using the same amount of time. You're just doing it now. Yeah, you're just front loading all the work. Um, So I, I guess you get it back when you need it would be the equally existential answer. Interesting. Okay. How is a product new and improved? What a good question. Um I would have maybe it's saying that it's new from its previous iteration. Um Yeah, I don't know how new that is. I think that's just improved. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um what was the best thing before sliced bread? The printing press, probably. When did the printing press come out? 1800s, 1700s. Yeah, I think in the 1800s. Ben Franklin times, right? <laughs> So like 1700s? It was definitely before sliced bread. Okay. Um, can you be in the wrong place at the right time? Yeah, I would think so. Can you give us an example? <laughs> this is like a horrible job interview. <laughs> um, Where you're like, can we just get to the job? <laughs> if you're accidentally the millionth customer at a store and they give you like a prize for it, um, I feel like that could be wrong place, right time. Um, I think wrong place, right time would be like the millionth customer hits and you're at the next aisle oh <laughs> and you're watching it happen sure definitely i feel like our entire lives are wrong place at the right time <laughs> wrong place every right time, time something good happens we're at the wrong place <laughs> wrong place right time is being the next person in line after ps5 sellout <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah all right last one for the warm-up round if the early okay. bird gets the worm why do good things come to those who wait <sighs> If the early bird gets the worm, why do good things come to those who wait? I don't know. I don't think either is true, necessarily. Usually the early bird is the most insufferable, and the people that wait... Oh, us right now. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, uh uh-huh. And uh, the good things come to those who wait. Not always. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Okay, not always. Um, we're doing the fast round. Yeah, for sure. You got five seconds to answer each one of these questions. And okay. there's five questions. Do crabs think fish are flying? No. If you try to fail and succeed, which have you done? Succeeded. Which letter is silent in the word sent? The S or the C? C. 
Does expecting the unexpected make the unexpected expected? Yes. And how do you Wait, respond? Wait, hold with... on, real quick. I do want to. I want to make a caveat on that second one. Yeah. Um, it is expected if that is if that outcome is what you expected. If you are expecting the unexpected, but like a tier two unexpected happens, then that's still unexpected. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, that makes sense. How do you respond when someone asks if you're in denial, but you're actually not? Um, You would probably have to say something. You would probably have to give more than a simple yes or no. You would have to say, I recognize this is probably w- what I might do if I was in denial, but I do recognize that I am not. All right. I don't think you convinced me, but that's okay. Now we got <laughs> brain breakers. There's okay. four of them. You can make them funny or we can cry. It's up to you. (laughs) Wow, the pressure. Does suffering improve you as a person? No. Does suffering, okay, does suffering have an impact on your happiness? Is happiness something that needs to be worked for? No. And here's, because here's the thing. I've seen my least favorite genre of movie, and I might have discussed this on the podcast before. It's sports biopic that is break you down to build you back up. Like right. that's a very specific genre of biopic, but it's it's it exists where um someone is trying to be good. Usually it is at a sport and, mm-hmm. and they have a coach that wears them down and breaks them down so they can build back better like a like whiplash. Um, right. Uh, I despise that style of coaching. Um, Whiplash is, is an amazing movie because it goes against the grain in that sense. It introduces that topic, but then is like, here are the repercussions of actually doing that. Right. See, I think I'll contribute to these brain breakers. I think suffering improves. Hardship is good for you. Yeah. And, and when and I'll say I'll take a loose definition of suffering is suffering is someone experiencing hardship and not and doing well. I would say that hardship makes you appreciate the good times more. And but I think nonstop good things, good times are is not good for you. Yeah, but I also don't. Damn, you know what? But also. Okay. Bad things don't feel good. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and I do want to say specifically, hardships, everybody goes through hardships. And right. so that's kind of why I'm willing to say hardships make the good times better. Um, the same is not true about straight up trauma. <laughs> yeah. But I'm thinking like, because the thing there's some trauma you can't, I mean, I guess you could avoid it in a perfect scenario. Yeah. I'm just trying to not romanticize trauma. <laughs> I'm not trying to romanticize trauma, but I'm saying people should go through hard things in life and you shouldn't go through life trying to avoid hard things. Okay. What's our next? Because you need to be proud of something. You can't be proud of something that everyone had or that would, that was easy to attain. All right. Next brain breaker. What's the difference between living and existing? I think living is... <sighs> Uh, doing what you want because I don't know. I, 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 I what a great question, Alex. Uh, uh, I think I, I, I don't want to go so far as to say like living is existing with merit. Um, I, I, existing I think, with a purpose. Yeah, and that purpose doesn't have to be um grand. So that purpose can be I want to go to work so I can make money and come home and buy the video games I like. Like that's a purpose and if and if that's what you want then like that that's your version of living. Um I think everybody has their own idea of what their goal and purpose is. So as long as you are meeting your own goal and purpose or at least making strives towards that own goal and purpose that that is living. Whew, that one got deep. Um also farts I, farts you're so pretty poop. close. Yeah. Um three or four. What's one thing every sh- human should experience at least once in their life? Um <laughs> Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm going to kind of maybe bend the question a little bit. And like yep. every person should work customer service for like three months. Right. Just because like I, I think it does a good job of putting people into perspective. Just like, man, clean up after yourself. I think that's the biggest thing it teaches you is to clean up after yourself. Um, But other than that, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing I would say. I think one thing a person should experience at least once in their life is is taking care of another person um, for an extended period of time. Yeah. And that okay. could be an elderly person. That could be a child. That could be being like a nanny and watching a couple of children just for a few hours a day. 
yeah or even, being if, like a teacher just being in charge and like taking care of someone who needs you maybe not to live but to like get through the day i think that's very important yeah um yeah for sure because i've had to take care of a significant other with a broken leg <laughs> and that yeah that it really puts the simple things into perspective right final question Okay. Is it easier to love or be loved? For me, it's easier to love. Um, I have a lot. Hey, hey, gang. Hey, let's. Hey, let's all pull in. Let's all pull in. <laughs> I have a lot of insecurities, <laughs> and so what? No. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, letting people love me unconditionally is like there's got to be a catch. There's got to be. They're gonna dip at some point. Um, but so it's easier for me to be like, okay, I am in control of me loving you than it is to be out of control of someone loving me. Yeah, I have a similar insecurity, but cooler. <laughs> um. Mine is that a lot of people will think I'm cool, but not love me. Okay. Be like, oh, this guy's sweet. He's he's a vibe. Um, he never really gets on anybody's nerves. He's just always around and he contributes, but like not enough to love. Like I have a running list in my brain of who's going to cry at my funeral. Oh, awesome. And love I think it. there's going to be people who cry at my funeral who only cry because they're criers. And then I think there's going to be a list of people who don't cry, but they're going to miss me. And I think that's going to be a long list. Definitely. Um, I want to add more criers. I want to convert those people to criers. Yeah. My goal is to just outlive everybody. Uh, so yeah, I don't I'm, have to think I'm about not, that. <laughs> I want people to, I want to die and have people miss me for sure. I want to, if I can hit 80, 80, I think 80 will be fine. Okay. Which is not that old. Um, I mean, it's kind of old. It's kind of old. It's old in the fact that you can't do everything you used to. Like you're obviously like inhibited from doing some stuff. However, 80 is you can still be driving at 80. Yeah. Like you're you're going to stop showing up to places and people are going to be like, what's happened? And I want to be there. Okay. So 80. Yeah, dude, 80 is good. Yeah. I'm getting closer and closer to it every year. But easier to love <laughs> or be loved, I think, to be loved. Because I think there's people who can't help but love you in general. I don't want to say yeah. you in particular because I'm talking about me. Um, <laughs> but loving takes a lot of work. And I'm the kind of person who I appreciate a lot of people. And I enjoy being around a lot of people. But loving, I, loving is a, dude, love is a big word, bro. Were you the kind of person in relationships to say love first? Like, I love yeah. you first? Yeah. Bro, me too. <laughs> and now I don't say it as much unless I really freaking mean it. So now I think if I were to date, start dating, I would, it would be reversed. Yeah. I'd be I like, thought yo, these are big words. Too. Yeah. Um, cause I haven't been in a relationship in a hot minute. So I'm just like, I've thought about every, I, I've had time to like overthink every aspect of the beginning of a relationship. Like, mm -hmm. like, like going down to like the pins and needles of it all. Like what, what is the correct way to go about this? But yeah, that's a problem that I'm not worried about yet. And that was a brain breaker. So, uh, welcome to and say goodbye to uh, what is the meaning of this? It'll come back with more questions and hopefully you're crying or you can go to your family and talk about something deep and or you're in your friend group and you want to ask some of these questions like do you think fish are flying freaking send it bro these are yours um we're so we're gonna do the one hit wonder a one hit is a segment where we do a, a segment that never comes back whether we like it or not um this one is called should we talk about it um we're gonna talk about a topic but we're only gonna talk about if we should talk about it we're not gonna talk about the topic itself does that make sense yeah i like it okay um so do you think that it at some point we should talk about you know corrupt government mm, yeah i think we should i think a lot happens um and if we don't talk about it then nothing no changes will be made okay should we talk about how you came up and asked for girls i was interested in phone number and i gave you my phone number <laughs> Yes, <laughs> we should talk about that soon because it is a very formative story, I think, for our friendship and relationship. It was a way of safeguarding her from whatever tr thing you were going to bring in. Okay, sure. Yeah. And uh, uh, we should uh, definitely no, talk we, about that yeah, later. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, gosh. Um, I should have prepped more topics that maybe we should talk should about. Should we talk about um, the impact of going to college and then leaving college and not being able to find a decent job? No. Nah. 
probably not important, not relevant to either one of us at this point. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Um, uh, should we talk about, um, you know, different parenting styles and like maybe what does and doesn't benefit the child versus what does and doesn't benefit the parent? Nah, it's boring. I don't think okay. anybody would be interested. Yeah. Um, do you think we should talk about um, the abuse in relationships that aren't that bad? <laughs> no. No, probably not. Especially, you don't think it's worth mentioning at all? Especially if it's framed like that, probably not. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, should we talk about toxic fan behavior when it comes to uh, franchises that people care a lot about? Yeah, I think that would be important. I think that's how people, you know, know when they're one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's important. Um, Should we talk about how there's a thing called safety scissors and they don't provide any safety at all? They're or just scissors. small scissors. They're just small scissors, bro. <laughs> um, I think that that should be a topic included in a myriad of other safety related topics. Gotcha. Uh, do you think we should talk about men's hair fashion and how difficult it is to find a new style after you've been comfortable with one for 20 years? Nah, I don't think it's important and I don't think anyone would care. Okay. <laughs> do you think we should talk about how Play-Doh is salty? The philosopher? No, Play-Doh, the toy. Oh. <laughs> is salty. But I guess, you know, Play-Doh is actually probably pretty salty, too. Dude, how did that work when both of those words didn't mean what you thought it meant? How did that happen? I think we should talk about it because I'm pretty sure we all have, or not all of us, but a lot of us have the experience of making Play-Doh in home at class because they ran out of things to teach us. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, um, I think we've covered all the topics. I think that's it. I think we've talked about everything we needed to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was, should we talk about it? It was our one hit wonder. It's never coming back. Uh, Alex, what else have you been watching? Uh, Blacklist, bro. Yeah. I'm in it now, dude. I'm Good. freaking in it. Um, still watching Survivor. Macy and I finished. Okay, so we've watched season 28, which is on Netflix. And then we got Paramount Plus and we've started from the beginning of Survivor. Season eight is the best season we've watched so far. And that's the all-star season, right? Yes. Okay. It is incredible. However, you kind of need to watch the first seven. This is the end game (laughs) and infinity war. Yeah. Of the, the reason this is so incredible is we now know all the characters. We don't need to get, there's not 40 minutes of exposition. We know everybody. What's wild, what's wild with reality shows is the fact that they can go on for 30 seasons, right? Like the yeah. fact that you're in season eight with see any show would kill somebody. Any show would kill somebody to be to get eight seasons. You are at season eight and you're a quarter of the way through the show. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm freaking in it, bro. I love it. Everyone says, like, yeah, the first couple seasons are great. I haven't had a bad... I mean, we've had a couple... The bad seasons are the people you don't like, which is not really Survivor's fault. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, we didn't know these guys were going to be boring and stuff, but, like, season eight is, hands down, my favorite episode of reality television. It's better. It beats every Queer Eye I've ever seen. Wow. Shout out to the new (laughs) Queer Eye that came out. Um, Yeah. Macy's watching it right now. It's it's another win for the straights. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Feels weird to say queer. It does a little bit. It's it's one of those things where I'm like, I thought thought we all agreed we weren't going to say this. But it's Um, the name of the show. And they gave us permission to say it. It's very much a show that is carrying a title from the 90s. Right. Because like, because this is a reboot of a show from the 90s called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Right. Um, and, you know, people were just a lot more comfortable saying it 20 years ago. <laughs> Dude, I, re- I remember being in elementary school and there was a game called Smear the Queer. Which does not hold up. <laughs> But the fact that I am not that old. No. And we've made quite the turnaround, bro. And and let's be clear, Smear the Queer was to, was it was a game that was pick one guy and obliterate <laughs> him. That was it. That was the but whole I, premise of the game. Listen, and as a straight dude, I think the only reason it was called Smear the Queer is because it rhymed. Yeah. But the person who created it probably didn't have <laughs> the, that same mentality. He's probably like, no, we freaking hate these people. <laughs> this is payback for taking my girlfriend. Um, um 
uh, I have been watching Superman and Lois. After giving, after saying that Superman and Lois had the best CW premiere since The Flash, I felt mm. a little bad that I haven't been keeping up with it. So I went back to where I left off and started watching it again. Uh, yeah, that show slaps. Uh, the show rules. Um, to give a better premise of the show, uh, the first episode is uh, Clark and Lois's kids finding out that Clark is Superman. And so that's how the show starts. And then mm-hmm. one of the sons gets superpowers, but the other one doesn't. And so it's about that dynamic of Superman teaching his son how to get how to control his powers, but also that sibling dynamic of you have powers and I don't. We're twins. We have been through so much together and now there's something that separates us. Does and- that feel repetitive though? Cuz we've seen it before, bro. Um I Maybe, but I still enjoy it. I'm a sucker for a good sibling dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and this show does that very well. It does a very good job of, I am legitimately upset at you, but you are my brother, so I'm still going to help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does that very well. And also, there's a guy from an alternate reality trying to kill Superman. So that's just like a fun little oh, nice. that, <laughs> like that. So, so it balances both of those very well. Um, I'm on like episode eight. I think. And that show, this show is very good. If you have been out of the superhero show game for a while, Superman and Lois is a good one. It doesn't feel like a CW show. Not at all. It's shot like a movie. It is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I also watched the 355. Okay, dude. Let's get into that movie. I don't know anything about it. I went into that movie like as long as because it's a very cool premise, right? The premise is there are five spies from different intelligence agencies from different countries that have to work together to achieve the same goal. And I'm like, what a cool concept. You have to um, like just like learning to trust each other across country lines. It's people that have been trained to not trust other intelligence agencies having to trust each other. Mm -hmm. Very cool concept. Yeah, for sure. Very bad movie. They fumbled it so hard. Um, First of all, they advertise five people, right? That fifth person doesn't come into the movie until the third act. Um, And also, would you rather that that happen Mm -hmm. or they advertise someone in and it turns out they're in the first five minutes and it's a cameo? Uh, I guess the former. I would rather that not happen. Um, Because number six underground (laughs) and Franco was in it. Yeah, that and was he gets bad. Marked in the first um, fifteen minutes. Also, Penelope Cruz, uh, not a spy. She's a psychologist. Oh, which that is, feels weird. But he, it is a very good dynamic. It's just not what I was expecting. Well, that's because like when you know Dwayne Johnson's in a movie and he's not the cop. Yeah. And you're like, wait, 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 what? Why? And, or and so, Kevin Hart's in a movie and he's not the funny one. Yeah. It's like, and, and it was a very good dynamic because you have these three other people that are like hardened agents and this one normal person that's like, hey guys, maybe we don't kill people. Right. So that was a cool dynamic, but it was whatever. Um, Jessica Chastain had a very Big boring fan. character. Very boring Ooh. character. I don't think it was her Jax. fault. I think it was just mm-hmm. written very flatly. Um, also, the German intelligence agent, she was super boring. Also, uh, hey, I could have told you that, bro. Yeah. German intelligence, no thanks, bro. The the best two characters was Penelope Cruz's character and also um, T'Challa's girlfriend from Black Panther. Um, yep. she, she's in the movie. She's the British intelligence agent. She has a cool character as well. So we're rocking two out of five cool characters Sweet. which is not great um and also you can see every plot point coming from a mile away Yikes, you know dude. like spoilers uh sebastian stan's character dies in the first act guess who comes back as a bad guy in the third act oh no dude who sebastian, sebastian stan's Stan. character <laughs> um yeah, it just and the action scenes were there were there were maybe two or three cool action scenes that I'm like, okay, yeah, I can vibe with this, but the rest were not good. There was a lot of shaky cam action, which I'm not a fan of. Like chase scenes where it looks like the cameraman is also running for his life. No thanks. Right. Actually I bad. Mean, no thanks. Yeah, have you you saw a man man from Uncle, right? Yeah, we watched it together. This, this yeah, we saw it in theaters together. Together. Um this movie feels like a bad version of that. Yeah. Yeah, because that one had Russian, British, and American intelligence. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they work together. And this oh, just you make a like... very good point. Yeah. Um. So I went into this movie thinking like uh, the worst thing that this movie could do is double down on the we're a female team and we're better than the male spies. Yeah. It doesn't do that. It does. It is. a. I would say it is a normal action movie that okay. just so happens to have female leads. It's still bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you. So... So don't do, waste your money. Fam. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your time. So that's the three, five, five. Nice. I'm glad you work in a movie theater now. Cause I'm getting like so much in. Cause I would have saw that cause the trailer, the trailer is Rihanna's so cool. Run the town remixed. And it sounds freaking sick. And the movie, it makes the movie feel like a vibe. So I would have saw it. Yeah. It's a good thing you, you stopped me. If it comes uh, to a streaming service for free, I'll see it. But For sure. Definitely. And it probably will, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, anything else? Nope. I think that's it. All right. Next week, we are closing up my favorite movies of January. Or my, you know, my favorite movies because it's the last week of January. Shut up. Uh, we're watching Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, I'm very excited. Also, with uh, the new one coming out in October. Um, That's going to be dope. It's going to be, be so, so cool. dope. Uh, this will be good prep if you haven't watched it. Uh, other than that, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. All right. I'm going to see if I can get my, like, morning voice. Like, here we go. Here we go. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mom I said hi. See you next week. Deuces. I'm going back to bed. Sultry. Sultry.